Good morning. I love being a dad, okay? And as dad, I wear many different hats. I own none of these, unfortunately. But I, I wear many different hats, fulfill these different roles as dad, okay? Sometimes I'm dad the disciplinarian, nobody likes that, okay? Sometimes I'm dad the goofball, everybody but mom likes that, okay? Often I'm dad the teacher, okay, I love that. Um, uh, and for those of you whose kids watch Sonic the Hedgehog, sometimes I'm dad Dr. Eggman, okay? And I take all of these roles very seriously, okay? Uh, and I love them. But there is this one hat that I wear, this one role I sometimes fulfill that I'm not really a very big fan of, okay? And that is dad the mediator, okay? The go-between. Dad, the diplomatic emissary. So you know how this goes, right? I'm just going about my day, minding my own business, and then comes out the call. It comes ringing, kind of like the bat signal, okay? And when that call comes ringing, I know it can only mean one thing, that there is conflict, right? Someone said something they shouldn't have. Someone did something they shouldn't have. Someone took a toy without asking. Someone poured slime foam all over the floor, right? Whatever it was, there is now a major conflict. And there's estrangement, okay? Friends have become foes. And it is my job as mediator to help these two little humans, my five-year-old and my two-year-old, okay, to help them resolve their dispute. Okay, that's my job now. Lovely job, okay? I have to somehow help these two little ones who won't even look at each other, right, try to find a way through their impasse. And the situation is emotionally charged, right? It's fraught with danger. One wrong move could spell disaster, meltdown, okay? See, last week we started the series called, But We Do See Jesus. And the goal of the series is to help us see Jesus outside and beyond the gospel narratives that we know so well. See, really, the, the, the accounts of Jesus' life in the Gospels are unrivaled. I mean, they are so rich. There is so much we can know about Jesus from them. But there is also a lot that we can know about Jesus from outside of them. We do see Jesus in some unique and special ways outside of the Gospels. So last week, Monty started, started us off okay, by sharing with us how Jesus is head over all things to his church. He is head over all human affairs, and he's working out all human affairs for the benefit and for the blessing of his church. Well, this morning, we're going to look at Jesus, the ultimate and unrivaled mediator between God and mankind. All the ultimate and unrivaled mediator between God and mankind. First, we'll see why we need a mediator in the first place. Do we even need a mediator? But then I want to share with you two major ways that Jesus mediates on our behalf. But this is not just a purely uh, intellectual exercise. I'm not interested in just giving us all of this information just for the sake of having the information. Our hope and our prayer is that as we do see Jesus outside of the gospel narratives in these new ways, as we see these new facets 
of Jesus' ministry and work on behalf of his church, on behalf of us, that we would have a new appreciation for him and that our faith would be strengthened and that we would have this deep-seated confidence and peace and joy because of what Jesus does for us. That's what I really want for us. I want us to see what he does for us, but then, but then be encouraged by that fact and, and have our faith strengthened by that fact as we live through life and as we, especially as we face trials that we can keep in the back of our mind or in the front of our mind that Jesus is our mediator. And we're going to see what that means, what that looks like. So first of all, do we need a mediator? Yes. And why do we need a mediator? Well, because like my five-year-old and two-year-old that often have conflict, we need a mediator because there is a conflict between God and people because of sin. There is a dispute between God and people because of sin. And that sin has caused estrangement, separation from God. So on the one hand, we have a holy and righteous God that cannot abide sin. And on the other hand, we have a sinful mankind that needs fellowship with God, but can't have it because of their sin. Right? And, but, and the separation is a real problem for us because it separates us from the source and from the sustainer of our lives. We need fellowship with God. He is our life. He is our everything, but sin gets in the way. It has broken our communion with Him. It has stripped us of our fellowship with Him. So we need someone else. We need someone else to mediate between us and God because we cannot approach God directly because our sin keeps us from him. And see, this idea of a mediator is not really a new idea. You go back to the Old Testament and what you see is that people like Moses and people like Aaron, people like the Levitical priests who served in the tabernacle and the temple, they served in this role as mediators. They became this point of confluence, right, where the human and the divine met. That's how God has always dealt with his people. So when, when God wanted to speak to his people, when he wanted to convey a message, he didn't do it directly. He would use a mediator. He spoke through Moses, for example. And when the people wanted to seek forgiveness of God, they didn't do it directly. They couldn't do it directly because of their sin. They had to go through a mediator, namely the priests. And so this idea of a mediator is not a new idea. So the setup of, of God speaking through these human mediators like Moses and Aaron and the priests was a good setup, and it worked for a long time, but there were some key limitations, among which were these. These human mediators were themselves sinful. Now, God had made a provision to where they could still mediate for us, but, but the sin question was still unresolved. They themselves were sinful. They had to offer sacrifices for their own sins as well as the sins of, of the people. First limitation. There was another limitation, and that was that, that they had this really awful habit of dying, okay? They would just die, okay? So what that meant was that we needed mediator after mediator one after the other. As one finished, now we needed another one, and then another one. And then finally, all of these mediators were 
serve the Jewish people exclusively. But see, in the New Testament, we see a different picture. Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5 that there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And Jesus is the ultimate unrivaled mediator because unlike his predecessors, unlike the human predecessors, the ones who came before him, Jesus was sinless. Jesus also didn't need replacement, doesn't need replacement, because he lives forever. And finally, Jesus mediates for the whole world, Jew and Gentile. That includes us. So there is no one else like Jesus. He is the chief mediator, and all the people who came before him were simply setting up the stage for Jesus. Now I want to share with you two major ways that Jesus mediates for us, okay? And again, like I said at the beginning, this is, I don't want this to be simply an intellectual exercise. I want us to really grasp the ramifications of Jesus' mediation on our behalf, really understand what this means for our walk of faith and how it encourages us to live lives of hope. So the first way that Jesus mediates for us is actually something that Jesus did a long time ago, but it continues to have an effect on us today. And that is this. Jesus created a new and better relationship between us and God by setting up a new covenant between us and God. And, and you may be f- uh, familiar with the word covenant, but if you're not, simply put, a covenant is simply an agreement that, that defines the terms of a relationship between two parties, okay? And under the old covenant, under the old way of doing things, which came through Moses, the way to be righteous was to obey the law of Moses perfectly, keep it 100%, and failure to do so resulted in separation, in death, physical death, spiritual death. I mean, imagine that. Perfect obedience was the only way to be right with God and so to have fellowship with Him. There's a problem there isn't there for us. Any perfect ones out here? People are sinful. You and I sin. And so the law became ineffective. See what the writer of Hebrews says about this problem. He says, the law of Moses, a former commandment, is set aside because of its weakness and uselessness, for the law made nothing perfect. He's saying the law, as good as it was because it was given by God, it could only point out our sin. It couldn't actually fix the problem. It couldn't actually save us. It was great at telling you when you messed up, but it had no power, no way of rescuing you from the devastation of sin, from the death that sin caused. That was the, under the old covenant. That was the old way of doing things. But look at what he continues to say there in the same passage. But on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. Jesus is that better hope. And he mediated a way for us to draw near to God. And he did that at great cost to himself. Let's read Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 15. See what he says. Therefore, Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance 
since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. A death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. What that's saying is this, that Jesus, in setting up this new covenant, he couldn't just issue the old covenant. He couldn't just discard it. It had to be fulfilled first. And that covenant said, hey, listen, you sin, you die. And if we were under that covenant, we would be facing that same reality. We sin, we die. But what Jesus did was that he took our place when he died on the cross. By shedding his innocent blood, he provided for the atonement of our sins. Aren't you glad? Man, Jesus mediated this brand new relationship for us, this brand new way for us to relate to God that doesn't depend on how well you keep the law. Isn't that amazing? No more checklists, right? Think about what that means for us. No more doing this spiritual dance that we sometimes do of, man, you know what? I had a really good day. I'm feeling great. I think God loves me. Or you have a poor day and you go, ah, I'm not sure. How does God feel about me today? We don't have to do that anymore. When we walk by faith, when we walk in the light, when you put our faith in Jesus, right? He protects our communion with God. You can be certain. You can know that you are saved, and you can know exactly where you stand with God at any given moment. That's what Jesus' mediation means for us. The fact that he established this new relationship for us with God, that's what that means for us, that now you, can have, uh, now you can have peace. Now you can have confidence. And now you can have joy as you walk by faith. Now you can have peace. You can have confidence. You can have joy as you face trials, knowing that your communion with God is protected. This strengthens our faith. No more wishy-washiness. Amazing, isn't it? So we see Jesus and his mediation in the past. We see this in Scripture. But we do see Jesus as he continues to mediate for us today. It's not just something he did 2,000 years ago. Jesus continues to mediate for you and me, and this is how he does that. Jesus is constantly interceding for us before God. Not only did he set up this brand new way for us to relate to God, but he is now seated at the right hand of God, and he is constantly interceding on your behalf and on my behalf with God. See, when we pray, sometimes we don't know what to pray, the words to say. Jesus is interceding for you. He's interceding for me. He speaks on our behalf. And, but even in those times when you think you know what you want to say or what you want to ask for, Jesus ensures that our requests are in keeping with the perfect will of God for our lives. He does that for you. He does that for me every single day, every moment of every day. But that's not all. When the enemy comes trotting in, as he likes to do, and when he brings up this huge list of charges, of accusations against you and against me, like he loves to do, 
when he stands in the presence of God and accuses you of all the sins that you've committed and that I've committed, and, and we know we did them, right? We stand guilty before God, but guess what Jesus does? He steps in and he intercedes for you. He intercedes for me. He addresses every single charge that the enemy brings against you, and he points to his sacrifice on the cross and says, yeah, I see it, and I paid for it. That debt is paid in full, and Jesus is doing that on our behalf constantly, on your behalf and on my behalf, constantly interceding for us in the presence of God. Aren't you glad you have a mediator? How does that make you feel? You know what this means for us? Man, have, have you ever prayed and have you ever felt like you're just not getting through to God maybe? Maybe like your prayers are just bouncing off the walls. Ever felt that? Well, now you can be certain that God hears all of your prayers. Even those prayers you never finish, right? Because you fell asleep halfway through, right? Those, yeah. He receives them as well. Even those prayers that, that have more tears in them than words had those, he hears those prayers as well. Romans 8 says, I know we just went past that slide there real quick, but, but he says, hey, who's going to condemn you? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is interceding for us. Aren't you glad? And have you ever felt, and we can go back, to the other side now. Have you ever felt that, that, that God is just going to get tired of you, maybe? You know, you just look at your life and you go, man, I, I think that I'm, I'm sort of on the last straw here, right? God's just going to change his mind about me. Maybe he won't love me anymore. Well, Jesus' mediation means that you can be sure that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Not sin. Not death, not angels, not demons, not any spiritual powers, no life circumstance, no one, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad Jesus is mediating for you? And I love that. Jesus' mediation gives us confidence before God. It strengthens our faith. It gives us this peace, this confidence, and this joy knowing that we are good with the Father, that He accepts us as children in His presence. There is no more fear. There is no more doubt. How does that bless your life? I, ho I, ho I hope this strengthens your faith. I hope you find that deep-seated confidence, that peace and that joy to, as in your walk of faith, and especially when you face trials, because this world needs that, needs to see that. And we see Jesus in some pretty amazing ways in the Gospels. I, I love the images of Jesus that we see in the Gospels, especially the, the Jesus, the Good Shepherd. I, I love that. Something about that image just really speaks to me. Uh, you know, I'm the sheep. I just a band about everywhere. I don't know what I'm doing. But he is kind. He's gentle. He leads me and guides me. I love that. But we do see Jesus in some beautifully unique and special ways outside of the Gospels. And this morning, we've seen how he is our ultimate and unrivaled mediator. There's no one like him. He's the one who, who restores our fellowship and our communion with God. 
what sin took away, Jesus has given us back. He's reconciled us in the presence of God. And guess what? He's going to continue doing that until the day that mediation will no longer be necessary. There's coming a day where mediation will no longer be necessary because you and I, those of us who've put our faith in Jesus, will be united with the Father in glory. And until that day, you've got Jesus in your corner. (laughs) Not only did he set up this beautiful relationship for us with God based on faith, but now constantly he's interceding on our behalf, speaking to God on our behalf. Who's mediating for you? Is Jesus mediating for you? And if you're a Christian, the answer to that is yes. So be glad and rejoice, okay? Be strengthened in your faith. Enjoy that confidence and peace and joy. I don't know, go out, eat barbecue or something. I don't know whatever you do when you celebrate, okay? Go celebrate, knowing what Jesus is doing on your behalf. But if you're not a Christian, you remain in conflict with God. That dispute between God and you continues. And you remain mired in sin, unable to have communion with God. If that describes you this morning, man, we want to invite you to know Jesus, the mediator. Put him on in baptism and call upon him to come mediate between you and God to restore you back in the presence of God. And if this church can help you do that, please let us know as we stand and sing.